Hey, y'all. Welcome back to the God Center Mom podcast. I'm your host, Heather McFadden. This is the podcast where we remind you through mentorship, friendship, and discipleship that you are not alone. This is episode 193, where I'm chatting with my friend, Jen Jett, about God's personal pursuit and redeeming love. Walking through this last year and seeing how he has used it to teach me more about the gospel and to redeem and restore my soul to him is just a reminder that everything apart from God can be an idol. Even marriage can become an idol. Raising our children to be godly children can become an idol. I was having a conversation with my girlfriend this morning that he could have stopped at salvation. Like we could have come to know him, salvation, but yet he continues to pursue us, to sanctify us and redeem us and make us whole. And I think that is the greatest gift and so much love to not let us just just be saved. In light of Valentine's Day this week, I thought it would be good to turn our attention to a God love story, to remind us that yes, God has saved us through giving up His Son to save us from our sins, but He also passionately pursues each of His children to heal up and bind up the wounds of their soul so that we can hear clearly His voice, that our hearts can hear what He says about us and how much He loves us. Jen bravely shares her story of letting go of what she thought redemption would look like, being reminded of how He makes us new And how when we look back at what he's done, we see who God is, that he's good, he's for us, and I'll say it again, he loves us. And given the nature of this conversation this week, I thought rather than interrupting Jen's amazing story, I will share this month's sponsor here on the front end. Y'all remember last week I told you about Prep Dish. Well, I tried it out. I had printed off the grocery list that they sent me, bought the groceries, and then on Monday afternoon, after picking up kids from school and before taking them to karate, I chopped up and prepared all the meals for the week. Yeah, it's true. And we ate delicious food all week. It was awesome. And I was amazed at all the things my boys tried because these were new recipes to us. And even my five-year-old was obsessed with the balsamic pork chops and ate his and his brother's portions. I even had leftovers so I could have some healthy lunches all throughout the week. So if you want to check it out, there's a free two-week trial that I'm offering you God Center Mom listeners. Just go to prepdish.com forward slash GCM in lowercase. So prepdish.com forward slash GCM. You can try it out for two weeks. They have gluten-free menus, paleo menus, all healthy food to save you time and energy and still take a great care of your family. All right, let's get to my conversation with Jen. Here we go. Hey, Jen. Hey, Heather. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to get to share your story today. I'm so excited to be a part of this. I'm giddy. I'm almost as giddy as when you and I met Jennifer Garner. Like, it's about equal, to be honest. That was was really epic. Um, So (laughs) to top that might be tough. Well, I remember then thinking, I need to have this gal on the show your work with dreamers and doers. I thought, oh, what an inspiration to all the moms who feel kind of stuck. And so I pitched it at the time and then um, your life kind of changed. And uh, and I didn't know all of the parts of it. I just knew, well, you know, maybe she's busy and 
we'll get to it eventually. Uh, I didn't know the whole story at the time. And uh, God has done a lot in that year and a half, I think, or year that it's been. So I would love if you would just share that story with the gals listening and encourage them about the pursuit God has demonstrated to you in that time. Yeah, I well, I, I just want to thank you for just the opportunity. I think um, a lot of times what how we are defined as women, we feel um, limited in ways, I guess. And so I don't know, your audience may not know, I'm, I'm not a mom. And yet you've got this podcast for moms and you have someone um, who is child free um, on here. And so I just want to thank you for that. And, um, you know, giving me a chance to share what God's done. Well, I'm excited. It's a message for all of us, mom or not. It is, it's just our, this show is about God's relationship with us ultimately. And so, so let's give him some glory, some little praise hands and, uh, tell us. Tell yes. us the before. I'm, I know sometimes we don't hear people's stories in process because yeah. it's kind of hard to tell in process. Yeah. And yours yeah. is kind of tied up in a ribbon. But um, I know that those feelings are still fresh. So take us back for the gal who might be in a similar situation. Yeah. So um, around August of 2016, my husband of 15 years came to me and uh, asked that he wanted a divorce that we had not healed, um, a lot of the brokenness and that he felt it was best if we went our separate ways. And that Mm. was the third time he had asked for a divorce in 15 Mm. years. The first two times were the first three years of marriage. Mm. I was that girl who came to know the Lord at nine, grew up in church, youth ministry, loved Jesus and did all the right things there's some air quotes thrown in there, <laughs> um, did all the right things to check off all the right boxes and marry the right person. And uh, the first three years of marriage were just hard. Part of my story is uh, we waited to have sex till we got married. And that first night of the honeymoon that's supposed to be magical was excruciatingly painful for me, physically painful. Mm-hmm. And continued to be painful for a year and a half. I went to multiple doctors and uh, through that, as one could imagine, it just really made that first year of marriage difficult. There was all the emotions of insecurity and um, rejection and confusion and where is God in this? And, you know, I waited and this, this is what I waited for. So there was a lot of confusion and a lot of hurt and a lot of rejection. And um, within about a year and a half, I finally found something wrong. A, a fourth doctor did a surgery and I ended up okay in the long run, but so much damage had been done in that year and a half. And so mm. one day my husband came to me and, and um, just confessed uh, some infidelity and, and said that he wanted a divorce. And mm. I think my super Christian faith girl kicked in. And I said, you know what? God is big and he can redeem and he can heal this and he can restore this. And I'm going to, uh, I'm going to stay in this and, yeah. and believe that and work through a lot of forgiveness, obviously. And, and unfortunately a year later, a year and a half later, uh, he asked for a divorce again. So within three mm-hmm. years he had left, uh, twice. And so Fortunately, though, 
we came back together and really for the next several, several years, really worked, um, tried to, to restore some brokenness. For me, my personal uh, story in that is just a lot of time on my knees and having to just believing that God could redeem and restore my marriage. There was, I know my, I laughed at my Power of a Praying Wife book is taped together with washi tape. <laughs> um, there was, yeah. you know, there were seasons of fasting. There were seasons of prayer groups. There were seasons of, I don't hear God at all. I see no mm-hmm. movement. I see mm-hmm. no rescue. I, but I just, I, I stayed tethered to the Lord. It was not perfect by any means, but I just believed that God could redeem and restore my marriage and heal it and heal the brokenness. And it was going to be a story. It was going to be the story God was going to use to bring hope mm-hmm. to other people in other marriages. And, you know, towards the, when it got closer to August of 2016, I think that year before um, I came to terms with, what if this never changes? Hmm. Um, and what if I stay in, in kind of this broken, unhealed space? And the Lord just really called me to himself and said, um, your hope does not need to be in the success of your marriage. It needs to be in me. And so I think that that, that year, I really spent some time trying to understand what that meant. Because um, we are... We are, I think as Americans, I think as humans, we are so motivated by measures of success. And so we mm-hmm. can look at our circumstances and either feel great about how life is or just feel so responsible um, and carry some shame around things just not looking great and being great. And mm-hmm. so in August of 2016, when he asked for a divorce the third time, the Lord was so clear with me and gave me. Exodus 14, 14, I will fight for you need only be still. Mm-hmm. And it was the most, one of the most audible moments with the Lord that I had experienced. And, and the Lord just said, um, you are released. Just trust me, just mm-hmm. trust me. And so fall of 2016, I found myself um, 39 and walking through divorce and really had... <laughs> if one could have a piece about it, um, it wasn't a piece about a broken marriage. It was a piece that God had me mm-hmm. and was going to carry me. And, and that neck, that fall, I made a, I, I, I think I had started saying yes to a lot of things. And one <laughs> of my girlfriends said, this is your year of yes. This is yeah. Jen's year of yes. I was like, you know what? That's so good because I mm-hmm. think I need to say yes to a lot of things. And those those looked like saying yes to believing that God is who he says he is, saying mm-hmm. yes to God redefining redemption for me. So what was, I think as a young Christian, I always thought, you know, redemption looks like cancer being healed and marriages being saved and, you know, things that just tangibly we can see uh, healing in. And I think the Lord said, you know, you have prayed for years for, for me to redeem and restore your marriage. And I may not have done that, but I'm redeeming and restoring you. Mm. It's so good, Jen. It's so good. I love that. I love that he, so many of us have planned out for God, how our story is going to turn out. 
Like, oh gosh. I'll keep praying because I, I know that this would bring you the most glory if it just turns out this way. If this person is miraculously healed, that's going to bring you a lot of glory, God. Or, um, you know, when the hard thing does happen and you're struck in the face with that divorce, you could have gone inward and said a lot of no, a lot of no and a lot of isolation. But to be inspired to turn outward and say, okay, I'm going to flip that on its head and go to yes is such an encouragement to anyone listening. Well, and I think about he, I I really spent some time in Exodus right after that. Obviously he gave me that verse. I was like, you know, I'm going to read the whole context and had forgotten that it was right before he parted the Red Sea and, Mm, mm. you know, went back a little bit and it talked about how God took, he could have taken the Israelites the short way and yet he took them the long way. And I, there have been moments, I will be honest, there are moments I'm thinking, you know, the initial response are things like, gosh, 15 years. And you think 15 years of my life was wasted or, you know, and we don't, I'm not saying I really believe that I had wasted my life, but you just think, I mean, you start I questioning was, all of it. You start yeah. questioning all of it. Should I have done the divorce when he asked for it the first time first or the second time? time. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here mm-hmm. I was, let's be honest. I was, I was a little over six months away from turning 40. And right. so you just start to look at your whole life and think, could I have done it different or should I, or should I have done more? I mean, don't get me wrong. I thought if I had just loved more like Jesus, you know, or if I had just done this, this, and this, and, um, you know, I think that, like you said, this is never the story. We don't write these kind of stories. No, right. Right. Um, and we do believe that we know what would bring God the most glory. <laughs> um, we got good ideas. <laughs> we do. We have really good ideas. And the thing I also had to realize is even though God did not heal, redeem and restore my marriage, it is that was the thing I knew he wanted to. I knew that right. that was his desire. Mm. And so to kind of reconcile how something could be opposite of what God desires, that's another thing that I think— was hard for me to reconcile at times, but walking through this last year and seeing how he has used it to teach me more about the gospel and to redeem and restore my soul to him is just a reminder that everything apart from God can be an idol. Even marriage can Mm -hmm. become an idol. Um, Raising our children to be godly children can become an idol. And God will, thankfully, he, I was having a conversation with my girlfriend this morning that he could have stopped at salvation. Like we could have come to know him salvation, but yet he continues to pursue us, to sanctify us and redeem us and make us whole. And I think that is the greatest gift and so much love to not let us just just be saved. Um, and I think that that's just something he's shown me over the last year. But I, I know it wouldn't have come without me saying yes to letting him do that. Yeah. Tell us about some of your yeses. What were some <laughs> of the most impactful yeses in your year? Yeah, it was um, one of the first ones was just friends inviting me to a ranch in Colorado and mm. Uh, going out there to just have five days to just get away in the mountains. It's my happy place. And I remember I was uh, in Denver walking around right before I went to the ranch and 
feeling a lot of healing and wholeness and joy and questioning it. I, I remember walking mm-hmm. around thinking, mm-hmm. am I in denial? Am I not right. dealing with this very pro- you know, properly? Right. This seems quite quick. Now, I had friends in my life reminding me, Jen, you've been processing and grieving for 15 years. You've been working right. through this. You've been going to counseling. This isn't new. I had, I had dealt with a lot of identity and shame early on from the thought of divorce. And so I had worked through a lot of that. And I felt like the Lord just said, Jen, I remember what my word says. I am your healer. I am your comforter. I am your counselor. And I remember walking around with my hands out and saying, I receive it. I receive it in the name of Jesus. I will receive this healing. And I just, it was saying, yeah, like I will say yes to this and got to the ranch. And the ranch is a whole incredible story in and of itself. It it experienced a fire about 15 years ago. There was a fire that went through 150,000 acres and that ranch was spared. Um, Mm. That ranch sits on 500 acres and that fire went right around it. And as you go up and uh, ride, they have horse rides and you can go up and you look out and it's just dead charred trees. It's black everywhere. And I asked my friend who runs it, I said, you know, do people come out here and get really disappointed when they, when they ride? And it's literally death everywhere you ride. And he said, you know, we have a handful of people that are disappointed that have been, been out here for 30 years. He said, but most people realize that before when they would go on a ride, there were walls of trees to the left and walls of trees to the right. And now they can see for miles and miles and you can see the mountains and the valleys and you can see the valley that was protected. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of my fears when I realized I was facing divorce was I don't want people to see the suffering. I want people to see Jesus. And that was my biggest prayer was just, I just want people to see Jesus. I don't want to see them to see a divorced you know, 40 year old or, you know, the pain. You don't want all the pity and all the, no, no. Um, And all that, you know, honestly, if we're, if we're honest, you know, there's still a stigma in the church around divorce. And so I just wanted people to see Jesus. And that was that moment where the Lord was like, they will see me, trust Mm. me. Like I Mm. will show myself to them. And so, um, and there will be people who, there will still be people who may not see Jesus, but it's okay. And so that was just a, a huge part of the healing for me. Um, I got to go to um, India and I got to travel on amazing trips and Israel, thanks to you. I got to go to that Israel trip. And mm. um, But I, it was probably in January I was uh, having a conversation. My divorce ended up being final at the end of January. And sometime in January, I was having conversation with a couple there. We've been friends for about 17 years and you know, she asked me, are you going to date or remarry? And I was like, oh my gosh, like (laughs) I, that's so off my radar and not right. And let's be honest. Um, it's this dating world is terrifying. I said, the last time I dated, we didn't even have cell phones. Right. Right. And now it's like swiping and text messages. (laughs) (laughs) Terrifying. Could you you imagine? No, terrifying. Terrifying. I know the thought of it just made me cringe. And I was like, you know, I just don't see that happening. And her husband said, well, you know, the easiest way to do this is you just tell your high caliber married friends to set you up with their high caliber single friends. Right. And I was like, well, that seems, you know, (laughs) easy enough, you know, just kind of laughing it off. And I had another friend at the time who was, uh, who's told me also, you need to write down 
all the things you're praying for in a spouse. And I was like, it's a little soon to do that. And I thought that was cheesy. And I thought that's something you just did when you were in high school, you right. know, in a spiral notebook with crayons or something. <laughs> and, um, or smelly markers, you know. Definitely um, smelly markers. So, yeah. yeah. So I just, I kind of blew it off. And then I had purchased a yearly prayer journal from Valmarie Paper. And it has every month blocked off. And in every month, there's a section. And there was a section on praying for for your loves, the loves in your life. And so it said, you know, it could be your spouse. It could be your children. It could be your future spouse. And I was like, dad gum it. <laughs> Either I fill this in or it's just going to be blank. And I was like, well, what can it hurt to just, it was pretty fresh, you know, on me of what I felt like, you know, would be something God would want for me. And so I wrote, I did, I wrote a list and a few things on the list surprised me. One, uh, was that I prayed for someone whose faith had been tested, which seems mm. very weird, um, especially a girl who grew up in church and did everything right um, and good. And I believed, I used to believe that was to pursue and want someone with a clean life, that that would be, you know, a safe, happy life. Mm. And walking through what I had walked through and seeing how it had shaped my faith and just the depth of my relationship with the Lord. I was like, I want someone whose faith had been tested, who's wrestled with Jesus and come out the other side, loving him more. And I prayed for someone who was fearless and steady, which I had no idea what that meant because it <laughs> seemed opposites. Yeah. Um, and then the last thing I prayed was just that I would trust God's timing that whether it was five years, 10 years, 15 or never. I didn't know God's will for my life and just wanted his will more than anything. Um, and so that was in January. And a few weeks later, I was at If Gathering and walking around and ran into some friends that are there every year, a couple of guys in my life that I work with through If Gathering. And I joked, I joke around a lot. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. <laughs> I don't know if y'all talked about Enneagram. We on. need to have you on for like a whole Enneagram episode oh. because I talk about strength finders all the time because my husband's a coach. So I need I need an Enne I need an Enneagram education. I think I'm a oh. three. Or no, maybe I'm a seven. I don't remember. I'm it's terrible. Like I really don't know understand it at all. So well, you need to come I love on it and I would be happy to talk about it. <laughs> good. Okay, okay, good. But so I, you're I'm a seven. I'm a okay. seven and we we crack jokes a lot. So okay. I, cry, I I ran into my friends. I was like, so um, my friends told me that I need to tell my high caliber married friends to set me up with their high caliber single friends. And they said, ooh, we have someone for you. First really? of all, let me rewind. The, <laughs> my friend from Nashville said, oh, we don't have anyone in Nashville. Sorry, any Nashville people listening. But he said y'all didn't have anyone. And then the other That's two hilarious. guys, I know, are from Arkansas. And they said, oh, we have someone. He's a seventh grade science teacher in Northwest Arkansas. And I'm thinking, well, that's the most unrealistic, you know, prospect <laughs> being in a completely other state. I lived in Dallas at the time. And, but I, he said, you know, aren't you going to be in, t in town in a few weeks? I said, I am. Let's just set up lunch. He said that. And I was like, okay, yes. Wow. It's my year Get of yes. It. I'm just yeah. going to say yes. yes and do it. And so sure enough, ended up on a harmless practice blind date that lasted an hour um, at the end of February. And wow. um, I have goosebumps. 
he, BTW, I have goosebumps. Yeah, yeah, it was it was fun. Or it was chaperoned, which, by the way, I <laughs> That's recommend. Kind of smart. That's kind it of smart. It is smart. I think yeah. it's the way to go. I think it's the the way to go in dating. These blind dates set up by you know high caliber friends. <laughs> And they show up on the date. So everyone acts like themselves. They feel comfortable. It's not Mm, awkward. mm. It was actually really good. And so my, this is the other thing as the, you know, good Christian girl, we're taught not to text first, you know, not, we, we can't pursue. Mm -hmm, Well, mm -hmm. my girlfriends that I were with said, you just need to text him. You just need to text him. And I did. I broke. That's probably rule number five in the... (laughs) Christian girl dating handbook. (laughs) And so I broke it and they were sitting right there with me. And I just said, Hey, thanks for, you know, being brave enough to show up on this blind date. And he, you know, I pressed send and the three little dots popped up and we all screamed and. Oh my gosh. All those feelings again, all those like little, those girl Giggle. I know. It was funny. We giggled and we laughed like we were 16. That. It was hilarious. And so I didn't see him for another six weeks later, um, barely really talked or texted a little and was back in town. And he said, Hey, let's go out. And we did, we went out and that was, that turned into, I say a, uh, season of the bachelor squeezed into five days. <laughs> I think we went on 11 different dates that weekend. Wow. But, and, and that was, is every time he would ask, I was staying with my best friend and she's like, you have to say yes. You have yeah. to say yes. You have mm-hmm. to say yes. Mm-hmm. It's like, okay, I'm just going to keep saying yes. And what happened that weekend from saying yes to all that was, uh, God checked off every single thing on that mm-hmm. list of what I was praying for. Every mm-hmm. single thing. And what I did not know at the time is in January, he was sitting in church and filled out the visitor card that has a a prayer request at the bottom. And anyway, he filled out his name and then it was asked for your spouse's name. He wrote, pray for her. And he says that's the first time he ever really gave um, his future wife to the Lord, Hmm. you know, in praying for that. And so... You know, I I think that to me, that part of the story and of our story is just why do we hold back Hmm. in our prayers? Um, My prayer in January, that seemed crazy. Like, but I I just trusted the Lord with the crazy prayer. And little did I know someone was praying the exact same thing. And then a a whole church prayer team began praying. (laughs) And, um, that and you were vulnerable and you were real with your friends. Yeah, I was. You put I was. yourself out there. You didn't just isolate and keep all that pain inside. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. And and I think a lot of that, don't, don't get me wrong. I mean, oh gosh. I mean, some of the shame that I waded through those first couple of months at the end of 2016 were things like, the two think the two lies I believed were I'm not lovable. Yeah. And I don't have the capacity to love. Mm. Like Again. I can't yeah. I can't I can't connect with someone. I can't love someone good enough and someone won't love me. Mm. And you know, I 
that was, and I, I guarantee you that me letting people into that space, letting my friends into that space, in addition to the Lord, is what healed a lot of that shame. Yeah. And um, them reminding me basically like what you're believing are lies, what you're believing are lies. Let's walk through your life. You know, people who had known me long enough. Um, do any of us love perfectly? No, that's Jesus plays that role. Um, and so they helped me walk through a lot of that and, mm. and revisit a lot of things and look at my life from a um you know, a bird's eye view and say, look at the entirety of your life. Are those things true? You know, no, when you, when you look at, at your life in its entirety. And so I had to walk through some of that shame, but God really heals that, all that. Mm -hmm. And, but things creep up as we know. And, Mm -hmm. um, I would say after an epic summer of dating and traveling and um, the Lord continuing to affirm so much in us and in our relationship and me leaning in and trusting it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I can't believe I'm so thankful that back in the day we didn't have text messaging. You know what you do now when you date and you're in text message conversations, you read in between the lines, you ask your girlfriends to interpret, like <laughs> you're always trying to read into it. Like, yeah. Does yeah. he like me? And I'm I like, I can only imagine. Yeah, yeah. it's awful. It's awful. Mm. And mm. so there were multiple times I found myself on my knees at my couch praying, you know, just like, Lord, do not let me get distracted by this. Do not let me get consumed by this. Do not let me get overwhelmed by this because it was tempting. I mean, it, you start to just go back to this place where, you know, it, I, I could, I could see my identity getting wrapped up again in the success or failure of something. Mm. And I just didn't want that. I didn't want to go there and I would beg God to take it from me. Take this. I don't want to go back there ever again. I don't want my eyes off of you. I don't want to question where my identity is and where my hope is. Um, and so yeah, multiple times I was on my knees at the couch um, on hard tile floor. Anyway, so after an epic season of traveling and dating and getting to know each other and the Lord continuing to affirm and affirm and affirm, um, we, the Lord, and, and we had those deep, heavy conversations. Um, I, it's funny, I tried to tell my story um, our first bachelor weekend season of the bachelor weekend. I tried multiple times to tell him my story and he said, you know what? It'll come in time. It'll come in time. So he was very mm-hmm. wise, um, in protecting, uh, our vulnerability runway. I like to call it like he was very protective in that and, and not letting me share too much. But after that weekend, um, I knew I was going to marry him, which was terrifying. Mm. And he went and read my blog and found oh. out, Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. your blog. The blog. One I blog post. I thought about that. Okay. Yeah, one blog so- post. It's out there in the interwebs. Mm. And he read it and he panicked and he freaked out. And um, he was about to write me a letter. Not not a, quote, breakup letter, but just a letter like, mm, I'm kind of freaked out. And so I ended up uh, fearless saying yes to driving five and a half hours to go to a concert with him one night a week later, not knowing he was freaking out and ended up staying another five days um, in town. And we talked about it. 
you know, we talked about this is scary and, you know, here's, here's my whole story. He shared his whole story. And at the end, we just had this deep peace that this is a risk worth taking. And so, um, yeah, it was just the Lord in it. It wasn't forced. It was so peaceful and affirming. And so in November of this last year, he proposed. I mean, epically proposed. It was an epic proposal. It was Where were you? Back, it was yeah, full circle. It was full circle and beautiful. It was back at the ranch where God just mm. showed me healing and redemption. And it was in that valley that he proposed to me. And so it could not have been more beautiful and precious and right and good. It was such a picture of how the Lord had had really pursued me, had 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 pursued me and fought for me. That that verse he gave me in the beginning, like I will fight for you, and he yeah. just kept pursuing me. In through friendships, through community, through church, through his word, through just times on my knees. Tell us about, I remember you telling the story about his word, and there was a specific word that you were researching in the Bible yeah, uh, through the concordance. Talk through that. Um, oh, my gosh. It was the word. I, so, okay, so fast forward. We get um, engaged in November, and something I had been struggling with at the time was this idea. You remember how I said, like, there are things that will trigger, just some stuff that you think you've dealt with yeah. and and um, I was processing the idea of buying a wedding dress. Yeah. And I had the thought of it brought sh- some shame and embarrassment because I had bought a wedding dress before. And I knew that the Lord was had been telling me over and over again, I have made you new. I have made you new. I have made you new. And so I did. I went to the back of my Bible and the concordance. And I wanted to find everywhere that it talked about being made new. And I ended up in Isaiah um, 61 and 62. And one thing that I, I love 61 because one thing, Rhett is his name. I haven't even said his name. One thing Ah. Rhett and I would. (laughs) Rhett and Rhett. Rhett. Binget and Rhett. All Rhett the double Bears. T's. It's amazing. I know a lot of a lot of double consonants there. Yeah. But one thing he and I had talked about was um, that we wanted to be careful when we tell our story. We we don't want it to be all about what God has done, but about who He is. Mm. And actually, Isaiah sixty one is beautiful because it's a chapter on the year of the Lord's favor, and it talks about over and over again what God has done, and through mm. that we see who He is. And that he's faithful and pursuant and kind and merciful. And so we try to separate the two and they're one and the same. And so that was something I got from 61. And then 62, um, something that was beautiful about 62 is it talks about um, the nations will see your vindication and all kings your glory. You will be called by a new name that the mouth of the Lord will bestow. And I kept reading and I kept reading and I was like, okay, this is good. This is good. He's talking about being made new, being made new. And it says, no longer will they call you deserted or name your land desolate. You will be called Hephzibah and your land Beulah 
for the Lord will take delight in you. I was like, okay, those are weird names and words. <laughs> Hephzibah. So I, I click on it and or click on it on my phone, but yeah. research it in, in my Bible. And it says, Hephzibah means my delight is in her. Mm. And Beulah means married. And then it keeps going and it talks about as a bridegroom rejoices over his bride, so your God will rejoice over you. And I just felt like the Lord was like, this is what I'm talking about. And this ma- this part makes me cry because if you look in Revelation, it talks about how we are clothed in righteousness and white linens. And I think about the wedding feast and how God uses that analogy and a bridegroom coming for his bride, like he is coming for his bride. And Yet we forget that his bride is the broken, messy church. We are not pure. We did not do everything right. We are broken and messy. And so for me, wearing a white dress actually is more a picture of God's intention for redemption and the gospel than the dress I wore at 24 where I was pure and good and did everything right. Mm. And he, that's what I'm talking about is his pursuit of me. He wants me so desperately bad to really understand this is the gospel. Me pursuing you and redeeming all your brokenness, all of it. There's no shame to carry. In fact, there's, it's not about your shame. There's no shame to carry. In fact, I'm going to clothe you in white linens, and I'm going to make you new, and I'm going to come for you. And so this wedding, um, this second wedding, you know, we, God gave us a second chance. And this is such for me personally has been more of a picture of the gospel than anything I've ever walked through. Um, and it has been so humbling and so kind and so lavish upon me for him to use this to show me more of him. So beautiful. So beautiful. I love it. Jen. Jen, it is just, it is, it is his story of what he's done, but also it paints a picture for all of us where we're not trusting him to be the God who redeems. And in the way he wants to redeem. In the way he, yeah. Not how we. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And it really ultimately, you know, what I would wish for anyone is for, for everyone to fight to know where their identity lies before something tragic in life happens and reveals where your identity is. Mm -hmm. Because that's when we will truly know. Um, And we can, we can, we can pursue knowing that now. Um, I think it can be a complex idea to like, my identity in Christ. What does that mean? And 
I think the result of that is a lot of what you're talking about is trust. Where, what are my trust levels look like? Yeah. When you asked a question when we were at that event with Kat Armstrong, um, you said, who is willing to be brave and say that they trust God for something? Is that what you said? Tell Hmm. me, what did you say again? Yeah. I mean that, or, you know, who's brave enough to share what they're struggling to trust, trust God with. Um, Mm -hmm. and we are all, yeah, kind of release your ideas of how this is going to go or release the guilt or the shame of how long it's taken Mm -hmm. to get Mm -hmm. to a point. Like you said, like why 15 years and not uh, Mm -hmm. spending too much time dwelling on that piece, Mm -hmm. but embracing the now and the new that's available in the future and the hope that we have in Christ, the hope and the belief that God is for us and that he has good for us. And he is restoring things outside of what we could ever imagine. Yes. Yes. And he is good and he is faithful and his promises he will always keep. And so even something like time, I I say this all the time, God has no economy of time. Mm -hmm. I've never, when he says he will restore the years, the locusts have eaten there, that is a, that is so true Mm -hmm. where we're in the middle of such long suffering. Sometimes um, he restores that. And what we need to know is like, he wants us to live fully in him in the midst of all of it it's hard yeah <laughs> it's yeah, hard like you to said do. i mean it, it wasn't like okay yeah now you're engaged to ret and that's beautiful but there were moments that you had to repeat the truth and you had to reach out to others to repeat the truth to you and you were on your knees and you were begging for god to reveal himself and his yeah, truth, truth over the lies that were mm-hmm. plugging haunting mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. don't get me wrong we are doubling down on premarital counseling right now. (laughs) We're going every other week to two different people. And, you know, we all carry Mm -hmm. stuff, you know, and it's been so good and, and continues to be healing. Um, but yeah, like I trust, trust that God is good and he is who he says he is. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh, Jen. This is so great. Thank you so much for sharing your story. And I know gals who listen are going to want to keep following you and see those beautiful wedding pictures. And I could just weep (laughs) over the idea of what's coming still. Um, Where can they find you online and follow along with all that you're doing? Because I want to take a second, too, and talk about Camp Well. But where do they find you online? Yeah, so Camp Well is a retreat that I host twice a year. And that website is Mm campwellsummit.com. Instagram, it's campwellsummit. And then um, I'm just, my mom called me just Jen Jet in the <laughs> hospital because I didn't have a middle name, but uh, <laughs> Jen with two N's underscore Jet with two T's on Instagram. And um, those are a couple places to follow along. And if they want to go to the ranch with you, they can go in April. Oh, they can totally go in April. I'm. It's going to be epic. We're about to announce a really fun surprise. Um <sighs> Actually, so, you know what? Let me what? do it right here. I'm going to announce the surprise. Are you sure? This will yes. go live like February 12th. You're good? Yes. Yep. I'm okay. good. All right. So surprise? we we have, um, you may know him. He is a guy in Dallas, Texas, who he does this incredible 
program called Identity Mapping. And I know this is, I don't know of any women's retreat that has brought in a guy to do anything, but we are bringing <laughs> cook, him in maybe, no. to cook. Yeah. Um, we are bringing him in to do an entire day of identity mapping and it is so powerful and it is so epic and it jumps right into the core and just starts dealing with some stuff. And I am so excited. I was on the call with him last week talking about it and got really emotional because I just think um, it's going to be super powerful. So I don't know this ever done. It's very outside of the box for a women's retreat. I love but, it. But we're on a ranch with a bunch of cute wranglers too. Oh. Hey, if there are any single 20-somethings, you should come too because there's some yeah. cute wranglers on the ranch. <laughs> but it's for dreamers and doers. That's your – That's your. you have a book, Prayers for Dreamers and Doers. And yes. you're inspiring women to – I guess the identity mapping is to know themselves and how God made them and the dreams that they have and to go and do those things. Right? Exactly. Okay. Yes. We're all, a lot of us struggle with being stuck and overwhelmed. And so it's just a, a camp. Well is a four day space to carve out time to reflect, refocus and reset the dreams God's stirring in you. And we have a lot of women who come, don't even know what their dream is and they leave with just so much revelation. It's awesome. And you get pampered and you get fun gifts. And oh, I'm so amazing to be food. there. Yeah, awesome. I know. I so want to be there. Oh, Jen, thank you again for just reminding us of the truth of who God is and all that he's done in your life and giving hope to the, I don't think it's just one gal out there, but many gals out there who are desperately in need of the hope that God's doing above and beyond what they can see right now in his timing. He is good always. All right. Have a good rest of your day. Wedding planning. Thanks, Heather. <laughs> Bye. Oh, y'all. Isn't that great? Okay, we have to watch as Jen walks these next few months and gets ready for her wedding and starts her marriage. It's such a sweet thing. If you can go back and see pictures from the proposal, the cutest couple ever with their double consonant names. Uh, today, in the sermon I heard at my church, the uh, pastor, Brian Newby, was talking about Psalm 23. And I was thinking about it as it applies to this conversation with Jen because he was talking about our fears and what we fear and how typically as human beings and how God made us, when we are afraid, we have a fight or flight response. This is the response I was having the entire time we had our puppy, constantly either fighting or wanting to run away. And uh, he proposes that Psalm 23 gives us a third option. And uh, it was interesting. You know how Jen mentioned Exodus 14.14 and, 14, 14 and how that spoke to her when she was grieving the loss of her marriage and walking in an unknown place and not knowing what God was going to do next. And he said, be still. I know that I fight for you. Well, that verse is the exact same verse I posted as I was sitting by my dad's bed, not not knowing if God was going to heal him or this was the end. And so whatever loss you're facing or hard place or Red Sea, I know I've mentioned the book Red Sea Rules, and I know that Ellie Holcomb's album Red Sea Road spoke a lot to Jen. She actually um, was just a huge part of her story that she didn't even mention in this episode. But whatever Red Sea you're facing with the Egyptian army hot on your trail and it just doesn't seem like a way out and you're terrified, you're terrified of what could happen. Um, that Psalm 23 verse where he says, you know, 
you have prepared a table in the presence of my enemy. He said, oftentimes we think Psalm 23 as this like sweet green pastures and shepherd and we're like held in God's arms. And that imagery is there. He said, there's a second imagery though of a bloody battlefield and, you know, the valley of the shadow of death. And we don't know what's going to happen. And he said, the real enemy here is death, that everything Sin in this world, everything leads to death, and it is the ultimate enemy we can't escape until um, Christ comes and he has overcome death. Uh, But this enemy, this death, this loss that we fear, God says, I'm going to not only overcome it while it's there in your presence and you're seeing it face to face because Jen can't escape. She can't escape the death of her marriage. That's part of her story. I can't escape the death of my father. That's part of my story. But God prepares a table, a feast. We can feast and be at safety and be held and be calm in the midst of a bloody war field of of death all around us, knowing that we have a God who's in control, that we have a God who is on our side. And even if we have loss and decay breathing down our neck, God invites us to feast and to celebrate. And I can't wait till Jen's wedding feast, till they get to celebrate that God's done something here in the face of loss. He has made things new. And just like he's going to take his bride and clothe her in white robes and make all of heaven and earth new again, he's doing that in this relationship. So whatever you need that today, whatever you're fearful of, whatever you're facing that just is um, breathing down your neck, that loss and decay. I hope you're encouraged by this episode to feast in the midst of it. doesn't make sense, but um, it's not denying that it's there. It's celebrating who God is in the midst of it. Thank you all again for listening. Thank you to all of you who have bought Don't Mom Alone shirts. I know that sweet Tees Shop, if you want to go check that out, sweetteesshop.com is still selling them. So if you want to go purchase one, go there and you can get your own sweatshirt or v-neck t-shirt. And um, I'm working on these not alone episodes. Trust me, I'm working on it. <laughs> I'm slow. I had a retreat I spoke at this weekend and tons of flu at my house. And so excuse me while I've been taking care of other things and haven't publish those episodes, but it's on my list, which is not a real list because I don't keep lists. (laughs) But I appreciate y'all listening and sharing. And you know, you can always find me over on Instagram at God Center Mom or on Facebook, God Center Mom. So hope to see y'all over there too. Okay. Have a great week. Adios. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the God Center Mom podcast. If you're looking for more resources on how to replace me with he, go to GodCenteredMom.com. That's where you'll also find show notes with any links mentioned by our guest. I want you to really understand and know that God is just as present while you are washing dishes at your kitchen sink as while you are worshiping him in a church pew. He sees your service to your family and he is pleased. As it says in Zephaniah 317, the Lord your God is with you. He is mighty to save. He takes great delight in you. He will quiet you with his love and he will rejoice over you with singing. Have a great day.